Yeah, so my I first started with, with Kenya Rugby, uh, meeting them back in Dubai in 2002. Uh, I actually think it was through yourself. I, I got introduced to the, the, the leading figures there. From that, um, I wasn't able to help at the time. They said, if you ever could, please get in touch. In 2006, I was able to, we formed an agreement, and that was really when I met Sasha. You know, got to work with him, really on the, you know, the commercial side, um, trying to help with Kenya Sevens, uh, making a popular range of things. Um, we had a great partnership, great relationship, and as a result, we managed to bring on Virgin Atlantic um, as a massive sponsor, a good revenue booster for the Sevens team. And then we set about making the Sevens team popular globally, not just with Kenyans, uh, but rugby fans across the world. And we've just stayed in touch ever since. You are based in Dubai, but you've always kept in touch uh, with Kenya Rugby. Yeah, I have. Look, I love Kenya. I love the rugby. I used to be a rugby journalist. I've always been part of the sport in one form or another. And I've always kept in touch with the players. Humphrey Kayenge, Collins Njira. You know, the list goes on. You know, back in Kenya for about 48 hours. And the first thing I wanted to do was see everybody. And obviously, I'd, I'd seen the sad news, the sad demise of, of kind of Kenyan rugby over a number of years, leading to the kind of rejection from the, the World 7 Series. And I was just like, I have to do something. I have to help. And so the first thing I did was you know kind of pick up the phone to Sasha and say you know what do you need do you need my help now you know Sasha's got great contacts not just locally but globally too and we're still working out what that relationship might look like but I'm certainly here to help if needed. What, what are your thoughts on the uh, Kenyan rugby going downhill uh, like you're saying it's not really a demise as such but the slow uh, deterioration we could say of Kenyan rugby? Look it's incredibly sad to see you know there was a time where rugby wasn't just important to Kenyans, but rugby, Kenyan rugby was important globally. You know, I'd get phone calls and I'd engage with people because they needed the Kenyan rugby team to be there because it attracted so many fans, you know, commercially for tournaments in, in America, in Australia, Hong Kong, you know, all over the world. And so to see the great heights when 70,000 people in Hong Kong Stadium shouting Kenya, 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 to, to where it is and the, the slow demise over those period of years, it's, it's just incredibly sad to see because the one thing Kenya has in abundance is commitment it has talent uh, and it has the players that want to try um, so how it's all gone wrong is, is a real shame uh, You've met with Sasha um, how did that meeting go? Look, Sasha's um, always extremely impressive. Why? Because he, he brings that passion for rugby with commercial acumen. And so as a person kind of steering the way for Kenya rugby over the next couple of years, I think they're in incredibly good hands. You know, his, his passion, his drive, his knowledge. He hasn't just a player, but he's a successful business person. He's been part of the upper tier. And, you know, so often in rugby, what you get is those that are passionate about rugby kind of play for a few years. And then suddenly they find themselves in a managerial position or part of a board and it's like okay well what do we do and they have to learn the ropes the great thing about Sasha is he's been in these positions before so coming back to it there's not much learning for him to do and instead it's just focused on action are you confident Kenya can return to the core status I think there's no choice but for Kenya to return to the core status. As I was saying earlier, it's, it's not just for Kenyan rugby itself, but for global rugby, it's important that Kenya has a seat at that top table, is seen at the global tournaments. And so they have no choice but to get to the top. And I'm fully confident they will get there. 
That's Toby Gregory speaking to us about the state of Kenyan rugby. When we return, we're going to talk about this incredible achievement he did earlier this year, uh, rowing across the Atlantic. You're tuned to Capital FM. Three hours of fast-paced sporting action, fun, and excitement right here on Capital FM. Well, look, I've, I've always had a, a passion for the water, ultra-endurance events, and wanted to do something for the environment. And in some ways, it was a perfect storm because everyone hears about the triple planetary crisis. They hear about the issue with plastics. But, you know, what is it? What does it mean? And we really needed to raise a, awareness, attention, and put it on the radar. So by doing something slightly extraordinary, something out of the ordinary, it meant that people were interested in what we were doing. And through the back of that, we were able to talk about plastics. And to, to put it into perspective, more people have climbed Mount Everest in one year or have been into space than have ever rode across an ocean. These statistics are incredible for this. Um, first of all, what was the mileage? You're, you're crossing the Atlantic. Uh, where, where did you start? Where did you finish? Yeah, so um, we rode non-stop. We started just off the coast of West Africa and the Canary Islands, and we went all the way across. We were unsupported, unassisted. So it was just me and two others in a tiny rowing boat, a little bigger than the car, all the way across 5,000 kilometers, day and night, rowing two hours on, two hours off. And it's not just that, you know, every, every four days you have to jump into the water to clean the bottom of the boat, you know, surrounded by sharks and water that was five miles deep. You know, none of it was easy. And to make matters worse, uh, perhaps you'll think we were a little mad after this. Prior to, to starting this whole endeavor, we had no nautical experience. We had to learn everything about solar panels, about engineering, how to row, first aid, medical, you know, anything we thought we might encounter when we're out in the ocean when we're on our own we needed to be prepared for because frankly if an emergency call went out we were too far for helicopters search and rescue would barely see us so we needed to survive uh tell us uh, two things first of all the team and then your boat Yes, yeah, so I had had two two gentlemen with me. Uh, very interesting, and obviously, uh, as you'd expect, I, I had a recruitment consultant and a vet. So an A team of superstars there. And then, you know, as I said, with the boat, so it was made in the UK by a fantastic company there who who kind of specialise in this sort of thing. But you 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 personalise that. Um, but as I said, uh, you know, behind everything was was a great cause. And you know, here we are in in Nairobi in the UN Environment Programme. Sit here, you know, the headquarters in Nairobi, and they do. An amazing job globally about plastics and I was very lucky because they wanted to partner with me in their clean seas initiative which is incredible and to help raise awareness and, and interest and you know plastics as of concern to the people of Kenya you know it, it swamps our oceans there's almost more bits of microplastic than there are stars in the sky I saw plastics all the way across and the thing is it's being broken down it's entering into the water systems it's entering it through fish 80% of fish in the world have microplastics in them it's entering our food chain that's going into us but it's kind of like the silent killer that nobody talks about and we all know it's an issue so what can we do and it and the, and the solution the great thing about all of this is the solution lies within each of us to do something and we each have our part to play any interesting stories that came out uh, during the trip that you could tell us about Lots, you know, there's there's a video that I'll, I'll share with you to see if you can put it on your social media of of a, of a you know a, a suitable size shark that followed us for a number of hours uh, right underneath the boat waiting for us to be dinner. Um, you know, we went through the most horrendous storm for six days. You kind of want to go through some rough weather so you've got a good tale to tell uh, to all your friends. Um, but like six days of forty foot waves, you know, rowing in the pitch black at night, just had the waves crash over the boat. It was it was terrifying at first. Us, but you develop this bravery that I believe we all have within us. 
you know, we were dealing with these silent issues and these troubles and you've got to find bravery in everyday life. So I just called upon that when I was on the boat. And of course, there's that dynamic. You know, we, we had arguments, we had rows and there's nowhere to go. The boat's open. You've got two tiny cabins which you can just about squeeze into. And so as a consequence, you know, it's not just a physical endeavour, but a very much a mental endeavour too. And that's why so few, few people in the world or in history have ever done it. But then I enjoyed it. And, you know, we really had great success globally with this, you know, raising awareness about the plastic issue. And so we're looking at going again. And I would love to do a row. We talk about a row from the UAE to the Maldives. I'd love to do a row perhaps from the Maldives back to Kenya, my beloved Kenya. But also, more importantly, we've got COP28 coming up a bit later this year in the UAE, which many representatives from across Kenya, Nairobi, they'll all be there in the UAE to attend. So I'm talking about doing this row to COP, and a lot of partners here um, would love to be involved. And, you know, if you do want to get involved, do, do find us on the Instagram account, Arabian Ocean Rowing Team, with some of our partners and we welcome anyone and everyone to, to be involved. Finally, just tell us about your love affair with Kenya. What, what do you love about this country? The people, the people. You know, I, I spent, um, when I first, you know, met you in 2002 and I met the Kenyan rugby team, I had very little idea about Kenya. I was very familiar with it as a place, but I didn't know the people. You just have to spend time with people from Kenya, whoever, you know, wherever they are, whatever they do. You know, even yesterday I was, I was, um, I walked into town and I just met some people in the way that were just so friendly, so welcoming. You know, there's a, there's a real goodness in everyone's heart here. And that's not something you get everywhere else in the world. You know, everywhere else in the world, they keep their heads down. You know, they don't look forward. They're not positive. And it doesn't mean there aren't troubles and issues here. There are everywhere. But I just, I just love how welcoming they are. And, you know, I miss it desperately. You know, I don't know if I've still got time in my life to live here, but if I could, I would, because it's just such a fabulous, spirited place. And, and you know, we talked about rugby earlier. That's why I'm desperate to be part of it again, just because that, that, that positivity, that energy, you know, it ignites a passion across the world. And that comes from the people here in Kenya. Toby Gregory, thank you so much. Uh, have a safe trip uh, back to Dubai. And thank you so much for speaking to us on Capital FM. Look, thank you so much for welcoming me back, and I hope to be back very soon. Grab a drink, a snack, and get buckled up for all the exciting action. It's the Saturday Music and Sports Show.